Attention listeners, this podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcast.blogspot.com. Thank you. Now there will be some turbulence up ahead, so please remain seated. Welcome everyone to another edition of Rethinking Lost. I'm Ultimate Manus, and together with Scott Copperman, we'll be taking you through the episode The Substitute, a John Locke or Flock or D Locke episode. Uh, Scott, your initial reaction to the episode, I suppose. How did you uh, take it? I really liked the episode. I thought it was, um, I, I thought it was very exciting and, and fast-paced. That I had a lot of information. There was really nothing about it that I sat there and was just shaking my head going, oh, you know, what are we doing with this? A bit of a step up from last week's episode. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I guess, misdirected me a little bit. There were times where I didn't know what was coming. You know, I wasn't sure if Sawyer was going to go back to the temple with Richard or if he would stay with John Locke. Yeah. I, I actually believed for a moment they might have Sawyer die when he fell on the ladder. So, I mean, it, it was... Yeah. It was good. What did you think about it? Um, I was mightily impressed with it, to be honest. I, it got that spooky sense back for me. Uh, it it seemed like it was revisiting when Ben and Locke were going into the cabin for the first time and when they were down in the cave looking at all the, all the bits that we'll talk about later on. Mm-hmm. But it, it just seemed really spooky and, ooh, I like that. And I... <laughs> I really enjoyed it. There was um, some bits. I've seen it twice now since it was aired over in America. I think it's airing tonight in oh, in the UK. And I've seen it twice since then. And first time I saw the smoky point of view, I was, oh, that's a bit cheesy. But the second time, I loved it. I don't know what changed for me, but I, I think maybe it's because I was expecting it and the way they did it. I just really liked it the second time. Yeah, even at first, within the episode, at first I didn't really care for it. But then once I got a better look at what they were doing with it and and I saw that it wasn't going to be too gimmicky, I actually really liked what they ended up doing. Yeah, I, I like the transition between the smoke monster and Locke. If they'd actually shown you uh, with the smoke imploding on itself turning into Locke, I think that would have been a bit lame. I think that might have ruined it and taken you out of it a little bit. But I like yeah, the way his foot just appeared on the floor. He picked up the machete and that was it. You you transferred from the smoke monster to Locke. Yeah, and I I try not to think about too much the logistics and the science and the reasons behind all this for, for this part of it because I mean I, I probably there's no reason for him to be Locke. Ninety percent of the time he is Locke. Right. I mean, he does an awful lot of walking around and coming places, going places. And aside from when he's talking to somebody, there's really no reason for him to be Locke. Um, in fact, it seems like he can even communicate in some way when he is the smoke monster. So, I don't know. It's I, I, Like I said, I try not to think about it too much. But um, I thought it was a, a nice use of both entities in that episode there. Yeah, and we also lost... Uh, one of the locks as well. So now we just have Locke 
and the the fake lock now, which is mm -hmm. smoky now. Yeah, I actually, I know a lot of people are are pleased with it. I'm kind of disappointed with uh, what we've gotten as a partial explanation for the numbers. I I felt like initially, and I still feel this way that it was almost kind of a a throw to the fans. And it may be because I've heard so many times from Damon and Carlton like that the numbers just aren't that important to them and they're not going to go out of their way to explain the numbers. And then just have it be there where we have names on a wall and yeah. 4, 8, 15, 16, they're all key people in, in the plot. Then I started to think like, oh, well, I, I don't know if I like that this is going to be the explanation. Then to have the Smoke Monster Locke say, Oh, Jacob had a thing for numbers, almost like a throwaway about it. Yeah. I just there if, were a if couple that's of them. the answer, that's very disappointing to me. I, really? Yeah, I that to me is more coincidence. Because there are other people on the list who um there's other names that had numbers assigned to them. Yeah. That it doesn't explain why those six or yeah, those six numbers have been significant over time because they weren't the only numbers for no they, for it looks like he had everyone written down was was it from the plane crash or, i haven't had, seen any uh screenshots of the cave walls yet i'm wondering whether there's like frogat written on there or yeah there if, is actually there's a list on wikipedia ah. of all the candidates actually on lostpedia they have a separate entry for candidates and it actually lists all the names that were seen on the wall, oh, uh, the numbers that were with them, and then some speculation of who it may be. There's definitely, there's 4, 8, 15, 16, and 23 assigned to Locke, Hurley, as she says, Reyes, uh, Ford, which is Sawyer, Dra, which is Saeed, and Shepard, which is Jack oh. Shepard, everybody's thinking. But when Sawyer points to the wall and says, Shepard, that's Jack. The man in black says something other than yes. He says something like, he's one of them. Which, to me, who's been saying all along that Christian Shepherd is an, an island occupant in some way. Yeah. I latched onto that. But he did not say definitively, yeah, that's Jack. The way he said... This is you, James. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know, this is John Locke. So that stuck out to me. But on Lostpedia, they're saying definitely Jack Shepard. Uh, other names, uh, 42 is assigned to Quan, and uh, the Smoke Monster Locke says he's not sure if it's Sun or Jin. Yeah, or um, Baby. Or Baby, but he doesn't refer to that. There are names which we've kind of seen. There's uh, Mattingly which is, I guess, a name on one of the uniforms that was worn in the 50s when they go back in time. Jones, Amistad, O'Toole, Pace is on the wall. Charlie Pace. Jones, that was uh, Widmore's uh, overalls, wasn't it? Yep. These are all crossed out. Strom, Miles' last name is on the wall, crossed out. Lewis is crossed out. Linus, what, number 117, written and crossed out. Troop. There, Faraday is on the wall. Goodspeed's on the wall. Pickett is on the wall. Right. Okay. There's, um, I think Chang is on the wall without a number. Littleton is on the wall, but crossed out. Now, okay. a lot of these 
are gathered from screenshots. They weren't like focused on pan to in, in the way that some of the other ones were. But no. I'm obviously the producers and writers have to know if they're putting those names on the wall, they're there for a reason. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Looking. Burke is on the wall. That's Juliet. Yeah, well, possibly because there's some observation that they're all male names that are definitively known, or you know, it might be Son, but there's no Kate Austin on the wall. No, I no, I was expecting her to turn up there. Which I I don't remember who I was saying it to. It was either a comment on Twitter or on a message board, or like a a blog post. But if it turns out that Kate Austin has just been a plot development tool for <laughs> or character development tool for Sawyer and Jack. I'll be real disappointed. Yeah. Just because she got so much time, so much attention. Well, yeah, she's driven so much as well, isn't she? Yes. Hmm. See, uh, but I don't know. So if Charlie Pace is there, or or a Pace in general, and a Linus, and a Strom, and a Faraday, and Chang, and Goodspeed, and Pickett are all on the wall. Think th- about the Pace. Be- Could it be? Um... I was thinking of the uh, the ring, the drive shaft ring, and mm-hmm. he he got it from his brother, who had it passed down in his family, didn't he? I can't remember where it came from though, but they always thought it was the the initials of the the granddad. I, I was going to say, oh, maybe it was the the granddad of Charlie Pace, and maybe he was the musician who actually punched in the Beach Boys song into the key code in the Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. But I think that's at a stretch at the moment. Well, if that pace is Charlie, and these other ones are other survivors of Flight E15, then those numbers don't really make much... They don't have the same significance. No. Uh, one interesting thing is there's Mars is on the wall, which is the name of the Marshal. So perhaps it's not Kate who was the one who was being drawn here. It was the Marshal. Okay. Like he just didn't survive the crash. I, there's all different ways to look at it, and it's definitely probably too early to, to draw too much definitive... And there's not really enough time left to to let it be some of the cooler theories. No. But one possibility is these familiar names represent generational connections to the island. That is, you know, like you said, it's not Charlie Pace. It's some ancestor of his, and that's he's tied to the island in some way. Yeah. You know, it's it's people from years gone by. Well, we've got three shepherds to go on as well, haven't we? Mm-hmm. We've got Jack, we've got his father, and his father as well. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's probably going to be a dead end, that yeah. grandfather. It would be a shame if he just popped up in the last episode and said, It was me, all along, <laughs> with two tablets in his hands. Yeah. That'd be a shame. But um, Talking about the numbers, we, we had a, a very quick email from UK Golden Telly. Last week, we mentioned about the baseball, about Dogen spinning the ball mm-hmm. as uh, Jack walked in. It was a point that I, I knew, but I hadn't remembered it. There are 108 stitches on a regulation baseball, aren't there? Yes. Which relates to the numbers. Now, there's a lot of golfing uh, terms thrown through this show as well, and I haven't noticed anyone pick up on that. I'm not saying I'm the first one to pick up on it, <laughs> but when there's a, a screenshot I've seen of... Uh, Kate walking onto the plane, and behind her there's a uh, a golfing magazine, and obviously we have the the golf course, mm-hmm. lots of other references to golf scattered throughout. You know they they like playing golf. They 
hit golf balls everywhere. And I looked up, I did, did a slight bit of digging, and normally on a regulation golf ball, there's uh, 332 dimples on a golf ball. Now, I know this is all just numbers, and you can make numbers fit anywhere. And golf balls can have from 200 to anything up to 500 dimples on a, a golf ball. But it's just a nice little... No one's really picked up on that much. And the golfing magazine I saw was in the other dimension mm -hmm. that we see. It's all in the dimension where the actual plane lands. So I'm just saying I'm still quite happy with the theory of the numbers being totally different in one dimension to another dimension. Thus, if the numbers are different, maybe Jacob had a different plan in another dimension. Right, he's got a different group of people he's trying to... That's why the plane didn't crash, and it would affect... Uh, a load of other people in their lives. They'll be the ones drawn to an island, or they'll mm -hmm. be the ones drawn to a cave. Or Well, I, I think that's a possible explanation for this alternate series of events. Maybe not specifically that the numbers have changed and all, but I think what we're seeing is the lives of our stars if Jacob had never come and been a part of their lives. Jacob and possibly Man in Black. I'm not sure... If they both have an influence, or only Jacob, but if if the man in black is telling the truth when he says that S Sawyer was visited at his lowest point and was always manipulated and pushed toward coming to the island yeah. because that was Jacob's will, then perhaps this other dimension is life without Jacob getting involved. Yeah, I'm I'm still thinking that he's the bad guy in it, though. I don't know why. Yeah, I still think they're both neither good nor bad there. Just they're not two to sides. be judged. Yeah, they're not to be judged by our standards. They just they're rivals. Okay. Anything in this episode that really stuck out for you apart from the the cave and the numbers? Uh well, in in a good way, I kind of liked this introduction of this young boy on the island. Ah, uh, okay. It had a, a feel of some of those earlier episodes with Walt and and the visions we were having before. Yeah, this is um, when we first caught a glimpse of him when uh, uh, Smokey was talking to Sawyer. And over well, Sawyer's... Sawyer and Richard, he sees him twice. He sees him with Richard. Richard doesn't see him. And that's the little boy with oh, the yeah, bloody he... hands. Sorry, yeah, he, he sees it over uh, Richard's shoulder, doesn't he? And mm -hmm. he's standing there almost Messiah-like with blood dripping down his arms. Then he sees him with uh, Sawyer. And runs after him, doesn't he? And there's an exchange between them. The smoky lock guy, Flock, he falls over. And uh, the little boy, I can't remember what he says. He says, um... He says, you know the rules, you can't kill him. That's right, yeah. And then uh, Flock retorts with, uh, don't tell me what I can't do. Now, who do you think this boy could be? Well, my impression was it was Jacob. I just I thought it looked very much like Jacob, right? And I thought the list of possible characters it could be was slim. I thought it might be Aaron, right? Not inclined to go that route. I thought it might be young Sawyer. I would really need to compare screenshots, but that if because Sawyer could see him, I thought perhaps it was him we were seeing coming, basically saying, you know, you can't kill. See, it, it depends on the, the point of view that the little boy is talking from, doesn't it? it? 
If it is a young Jacob, then who can't he kill? Because he's not right. talking about himself from that point of view, is he? And well, that, that's be... what that's what threw me off the the scent of it actually being Jacob. I actually went down the road of it thinking it being Aaron, but then he'd be a bit too old, uh, a bit too old for him. I think it could be Jacob talking about himself, kind of um, abstractly, like just in the third person. Okay, just, you know you can't kill him. That this is not. The real Jacob, this is like the essence of Jacob or an imprint of Jacob kind of warning he'll be back. You right. know you know, you can't kill him. Or I, I actually thought it was probably more you can't kill Sawyer. I've claimed him. He's mine. He's on my list. As far as, being, as, far as it being Aaron, I don't think the age is as much an issue because we're so time travel-y. This could be future Aaron coming back. Aaron could be a manifestation of this boy kind of to be reincarnated it's okay like another vessel for him to take over right what do you think the bloody hands were i think mm, i'm i'm not too sure it speaking about it now it it could be jacob and then it could be like the resurrection of him and maybe that's why we've we've got the murky water in the temple yeah I thought it was Jacob, and I think we're going to find the bloody hands are part of this this incident that occurred between the two of them when Man in Black says he was betrayed. Like, just picture picture uh, the two of them getting in some sort of trouble as in some way, and Man in Black says, "Let's deny it ever happened," and Jacob's Jacob tells the truth and gets him in trouble. Are we going to have like a, a very similar Gollum flashback? You know, at the very uh, beginning of Return of the King, where we see Gollum and him fighting over the ring for with mm-hmm. his friend and beating him up and killing him. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if we're going to have a flashback like that, very far off into the past, and we, we see exactly how these two guys became on two sides of each other. Yeah, that's, that's what I believe, and I think that this, this bloody-armed, bloody-hand... Whatever it is, that's related to that scene of betray that conflict. Hmm, I like that. I also thought that the boy had aged between the two times we'd seen him. I thought the boy who actually spoke to the man in black looked older than the boy we saw from a distance, but it's tough to tell. Yeah, I think it is. Although they did shoot him from below, so it, it, he doesn't seem as tall, does he? So, and we saw no, the but he looked clean-haired and... And just very Peter Panish. That's what I kept thinking. Mm. As far as the off island stuff in the other timeline, it didn't. That didn't really do that much for me. I mean, that, I'm not convinced it's going to go anywhere or have much significance. Having John Locke decide he's not going to go to Jack, seeing that everybody is fairly content. I mean, even John Locke, who, who's had his chances to be pushed toward becoming the angrier, darker guy. He just just isn't going to do that. Right. So really, if anything, what it did for me is it reinforced the idea that in this other dimension, other reality, we're seeing kind of a reversal of roles for Jack and Locke so far. Mm -hmm. Um, More has changed than simply the plane not crashing. How much appears to have changed is looking like far more than they can cover in 12 or 13 episodes. So I'm, I don't think we're going to get details. 
I don't think we, we need them. It reminds me of, um, I know you're not like a big Star Trek fan, but there's a Star Trek episode in the original series about a mirror universe with Spock with a little goatee and evil you know, Spock. Right. It's when the Federation was kind of like the Klingon empire and it has a whole backstory. And every once in a while in these other Star Trek episodes, they go back and they visit it. It's probably been visited in every one of the TV series and there's comic books and novels you can get because people are genuinely interested in, you know, well, there was a moment where those two universes were very parallel. They had similar ships, similar people in charge, but it can't have followed the exact same path and and yet been so different. And so you go and you find that there were different events in history which changed and the way Earth became a spacefaring nation or planet was different. But it, you couldn't you couldn't sit there and do like a mini story arc and give enough detail. It would have to be what they call expanded universe and you know go and buy the novels and read the comics and and the fan fiction and and speculate and i think it's gonna be the same kind of thing here we'll get a couple of details a few things that are important so that we understand how it's different and possibly why but i mean i don't know that we're gonna really get um I'm... the whole story of how ben linus became a history teacher and no 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 we're not, we're not gonna get that i don't think no. i think we we might get a couple more scenes of them two together but I'm worried about them trying to pull the John Locke in the wheelchair, D-Locke, or, you know, just Locke now, because he's the only other one. He's the I'm, man. <laughs> I'm worried about them trying to actually pull him from that timeline through into the other timeline. And then you have a standoff between the two Locks. And the only reason I say this is because we have... The the scar on uh, John Locke, uh, sorry, we have the scar on the the fake Locke's face, don't we? And we've had that since the plane crash. Mm -hmm. And it's a very significant thing, I think. I don't think they would have put that there for any other reason other than to tell him apart from someone else. Or I know it makes him look a little bit meaner as well, but I'm just worried that we might have a standoff and we. The only way we can tell is the, you know, the scar. I could see this lock being stronger in in that type of battle than the original lock was because he's more content. He's yeah. more. He's not such a sad, beaten victim of a man, especially this acceptance speech he gives to Helen. But I don't know. I wouldn't like that if if we ended up having a Mrs. Hawking sit there and say, "This is not right. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Mm. You're not. You know, all those things that she said to Desmond." And then proceed to bring them in as like a second wave of soldiers. That I don't see that being something they can resolve satisfactorily. I, but then I also don't know what the point is of this other timeline. No, that's what I'm scratching my head on. It's nice to see it all. Are we going to see the redemption of their characters and the structure of their characters built up to such a point where? It bleeds over to the other dimension. I'm not too sure. Well, Juliet said it worked. So it seems like there's there's going to be some way that she would know or or some refusing or connection or or something about it. Yeah. I was struck as we watched this alternate universe stuff with, about Sawyer. Because on the plane, when you and I were talking about how we were thinking, you know, was he going to help Kate? He seemed to, to not be quite so swarmy and 
And I mean, he was still like disheveled and certainly not a businessman on it. No, he seemed a lot happier. He didn't even try. He he warned Hurley about being conned. Yeah, he was streetwise, but not shifty. I thought that was the the build up to the con, but it turned out no, he he didn't have any thoughts of conning him at all, did he? Right. And so now I'm thinking, we don't have Cooper apparently being as bad. So possibly Sawyer's parents weren't killed that way. Maybe he's, we're going to find that he's living a, a happy, content life with Juliet or Cassidy or whoever it might be. Okay. But I just, I don't know. I don't know what, like why this would be helpful where I had been saying originally, I thought there was going to be this, this knowing twinge that something's not right and they would reject it. This group seems so content with their lives. Even Kate seems kind of satisfied being on the run. That yeah, I, you know, I, I I don't know that they're gonna want to go. Yeah, Claire seems content to turn out to be a mother anyway, doesn't she? Yeah, I originally thought they were gonna go back, get to see what life would be like, and then decide this wasn't really better at all. That we were like just like Man in Black said, like they don't even realize how lucky they were to be away from that. And and that's not the case. They're not seeing that. They're no. all pretty happy. I, it, it has to have a meaning, though, surely. Maybe we're just missing something at the moment. Yeah, and I guess, it, to me at this point, for them to make it have a real value and not be something like really cheesy, it, it's going to have to be a pretty dramatic and very creative shift. Yeah. And maybe it's going to be, like you said, that they end up borrowing from another universe like taking you know we've created this other universe and that's good because we need a john Locke. take him out put him in here okay now we can dissolve that universe see how do you see it actually running these two universes are they running parallel with each, each other so in one universe right they're right next to each other and the plane crashed and the plane didn't crash or do you see it as the plane didn't crash in one universe and they're at the Swan Station with ears ringing, like kind of offset to each other. Oh, I think that uh, I guess the best way to put it is if you picture like a a flat road. At the time of the incident, a tunnel was formed underneath the road that ran parallel to it. Okay. And so that at any point, given the right means, you could potentially go. You could dig your way back up to surface level. Back to where you, back to where you should be, right. Okay. And so what I think happened that was, that's what happened in terms of uh, the f- creation of this timeline. But I think physically, everybody was where they were off island prior to that point. Yeah. And then after that point, in the underground tunnel, new timeline. <laughs> so, you know, Jack, Jack and Sawyer and them, they, they were born when they were born. They never went to the island. They are not the people who were at the incident. The people who were at the incident flashed in the same way they flashed off the Ajira flight back forward in time. Okay. So they were never they never existed on island in 1986. Let's right. put it that way. They leaped forward in time. So I've I'm of the impression that you have your let's say you have your your road going straight mm-hmm. out in front of you and you see the the one mile mark in front of yeah. you. The road parallel to you on your left-hand side 
at the one mile mark you see a two mile mark and the road on your left hand side you see a zero mile mark so they're, they're staggered does that make sense and so when yes. you when you flash or when you, when Des let's say when Desmond was in the constant and he was on the boat and he was flashing to 1996 mm-hmm. he was flashing directly sideways but to another universe which was in parallel with him but a staggered situation you don't think he went back to his own past no i think it was a cross but physically his body stayed where it was yeah you ha- you have all all these dimensions lined up against each other but his conscience flashed across i don't know i do think it's a worthwhile thing for the producers to have created an episode which will show us 1978 on island mm-hmm. post incident i think that'll give us a lot of answers if if we see a flash happen and we see you know Rosinski and Pierre Chang looking around going where do they go mm. or so I find it hard to believe that I've listened to all the other podcasts up until uh, this episode so you know I'm doing this fresh mm-hmm. but I've listened to all the old old ones uh, that we've had from LAX and what Kate does and some people refer to Desmond either being a uh, in Jack's head or he's a manifestation on the on the aeroplane that no one else saw I don't see that I don't see him as being like a apparition or a ghost or anything like that I the conscience traveling you need a body in one position to actually jump to it we haven't seen a body actually disappear oh no we did we saw John Locke disappear didn't we in the time travel yeah and he just disappeared like that didn't he yeah, I think the formation of this other universe and them getting there is completely different than this idea of of the flashes on island. Yeah. I think when the incident happened, which although that too, like the the sinking of the island is a bit of an issue for me because Ben's on island at that point, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's with the others. And Ethan's isn't he? on island. I mean there were there were people on island who should not now be off island in this other reality. It's almost like this other reality predates the incident. Well, in the case of Ben, maybe Horace didn't sign him up to the Dharma Initiative. Sorry, didn't sign his father up to the Dharma Initiative. And but so he, he never actually the came incident, to the Before the incident, he was there, though. Before the He's there getting shot by Saeed and brought to the temple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so, that would be the, the solid timeline, wouldn't it? Right. I mean, they can get around it. They can say the island sunk slowly, or it, I mean, there could be all kinds of things. But it it doesn't match up for me. There's, and I, I try not to spend too much time thinking about it because I just don't think that's something we're going to get answers on. But this reality doesn't fit starting at 1977. No, to me, or like brand, not starting because it wouldn't start. It doesn't fit branching off. And yet, if it's just a matter of this has always been a completely independent reality that never had an incident or anything like that, never had an island period, then, I, I again, I don't see the point of it. Yeah. Have you ever thought about there might be twins of people? Uh, not since early Gary Troop yeah, days. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm wondering. I'm, there, there was a situation today where uh, Flock came back to Sawyer and Sawyer asked him, uh, where did the boy go or... He asked about the boy. Did you ever catch up to that boy? And he said, what boy? Yeah, he said, what boy? Now, why would he say that? 
I, I didn't understand that. that, that no, I think that was only... just the same way Sawyer said he was talking and wasn't talking to anybody when he was talking to Richard. Oh, okay. Just, just being... kind of like, yeah, like, oh, you're not telling me? Yeah, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about either. God, I'm so slow. It's all this illness <laughs> that's getting to my head. Well, let's let's look at it quick. So with that timeline, I mean, it, they spent a lot of time about John Locke. Gave us lots of instances where he could have flipped out, and he didn't. I mean, he got a little bit angry, got a little disappointed. But basically what we saw with, with the off-island stuff is this John Locke is unflappable. He's, he's one of those, like, <laughs> one of those great guys who you know who make you feel bad that you're so pissed about, you know, little things in your life. And yeah. you're like, geez, he's in a wheelchair and he's so mellow. How c- I'm upset because my steak's undercooked. Because yeah, I had to wait five minutes for for my seat at the restaurant, so I didn't really think there was that much worth focusing on in that other universe. No. Other than clearly things are different, and you know, we'll probably be told that John Locke got injured in a different way. Maybe he was born this way, or but it seems a lot more is different than just the fact the plane didn't crash. Yeah, although his knives did turn up. Yeah. Yeah. Which says that he did actually put them on the plane. So, where's uh, Christian's coffin? Well, that I don't know if they were denying that it was ever on the plane. The way they said that the coffin never made it on. Right. Now, for Locke's burial and the things that happened on on island. Some things I thought were were real significant, like we talked about, like getting to the cave and seeing this boy. I think is going to be a big deal. I hope it's a big deal. But it's more than just the whole Walt thing. Yeah. The whole conversation Alana has about, you know, that that Man in Black is stuck as Locke for now. That seems important. It seems to kind of throw a wrench into this whole like the smoke monster was yummy. The smoke monster was some of these other things. I wonder what makes it so different. I think it just stops him from becoming these other people now. Obviously, something has happened. Is it the bringing uh, Ben to the the statue? Is it Ben actually killing Jacob, and now that Jacob has died, now he can't change into any other form? Or That could be. But it makes me wonder if maybe he wasn't Christian Shepherd then. Really? Because... There's so many parallels in his possession of Locke and what we assume happened with Christian Shepherd. Right. That I, I have to, I don't see a difference yet. Maybe we will. Um, on one little subject about that, when Jacob died at the hand of Ben, mm-hmm. that means that in my head at the at this present moment in, in my head, that means that Smokey cannot change form into it into any other guys or girls. So he's stuck in that position. Is that related to when he went down into the cave and he took the white rock off the the scales and threw it away? So the, the balance of power has shifted to the dark side of the island. Thus, he can't change his sides. He can only change uh, into other people when it's in, either in balance or it's on the light side of the island. Mm, I don't know, because he's still trapped. He still seems to be needing help to get out and try to go home. Yeah, yeah, but I see it as the the balance has shifted in his favor, and I think that's what he was indicating with the the scales there. 
Well, yeah, but I don't know why that would mean he can't change who he is. Mm. Well, so they they buried Locke. There was the the speech that Ben gave, which was kind of clever and and memorable. But again, I don't think any of this is is like oh, it needs to be studied and analyzed. And no, I think that was just moving along the plot line. That was just removing that body from the situation, so he's now buried, so we can't resurrect him. Yeah, if anything, what it's done so far is it continues to weaken my perception of Son and Frank. I mean, Frank is just like a complete yes-man at this point. Like He does whatever anybody says. And, I mean, he's very mellow, kind of goes with the flow on things, but I, I just I don't see it. I don't see why... I, you want to bury the dead body, I get that. But you're looking for your husband. <laughs> and yeah. this woman is telling you he could be right over there. His son used to be a real strong character. And I, I'm just not seeing that now. Now I'm starting to see this different type of character. Yeah, Frank has lost his appeal to me since he got rid of his beard as well. <laughs> I thought he was really cool. He was like an, a taxi driver, really, wasn't he? Flying that helicopter around. He just yeah. seemed a really likeable guy. And now... He, I didn't like the, we're not going to Guam, are we? That line. I didn't really like that, to be honest. I thought that was, mm, a lot of people do, but I didn't. And, I don't know, maybe Sun should grow a beard, and maybe all, everyone <laughs> should grow a beard, and maybe a Lapidus beard would suit her. I don't know. It, it, it just seems, you know, she needs to grow a pair, and he needs to grow a pair at the moment. Yeah. Well, and so does Richard. I mean, uh, obviously Richard has a reason to be intimidated and we don't know the whole connection between him and and man of black but i mean there are times we've seen richard be real strong Mm -hmm. and confident and beyond reproach and he doesn't answer to anybody and i understand this is man of black and there's jacob and all that stuff but i mean now he, he he looks scared he's confused he has no clue what's going on he gives kind of weird answers to things he's really flapping as well isn't he yeah it's a much weaker character, which, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, they seem prepared in the temple for this possibility. And yet, you know, Richard was completely fooled <laughs> with this whole trip to go kill Jacob and seemed shocked by the whole thing. I mean, this isn't the same Richard that we've seen at his high point. No. This is, this is somewhat a character on decline. And I was thinking about that, and I looked to see who wrote the episode. And I was kind of surprised. It's it's a, a team of women who have pr- written some very good episodes and some episodes that were kind of eh. And one of them is Elizabeth Sarnoff, who wrote uh, Abandoned, The Hunting Party, The Whole Truth, Two for the Road, Further Instructions, Stranger in a Strange Land, Left Behind, The Man Behind the Curtain, Egg Town, Meet Kevin Johnson, Cabin Fever, Jughead, The Floor, Dead is Dead, Follow the Leader, and now The Substitute. She also wrote the Mobisodes, The Deal, and Room 23. Okay. Now, of those, only once has she worked with Melinda Taylor. Melinda Taylor has written The Little Prince, Some Like It Hoth, and The Substitute. So I was trying to think if, if that was possibly a reason these characters were being depicted in a different way. So, so distinct from them at their points. Yeah. And maybe that is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time I actually saw uh, Richard Bolshe. The Bolshiest we've ever seen him is when he walked into Dharmaville and exactly. stuck his stake down. And that was him at his peak. 
he was, yeah, I'm here. You can't do anything about it. You know, everyone's scared of me. And it, it was great. You know, he had, why did he have all this power? Now he's just flapping around like a little kid. And he's almost going off his rocker, isn't he? Right. Well, and he's he's been involved with, he was kind of wimpy and, and strange during the Jughead thing where he was kind of saying to Eloise, this is a bad idea, I don't feel good about this. Mm. And that's one of the same writers. So maybe that explains part of it. But, I mean, he's dealt with a lot of issues. <laughs> he's, to to us and to the uh, Oceanic Six, the time travel's kind of new, but he experienced time travel in the 1950s. Yeah. When this man walked into his camp and said, come and visit me and watch me be born in three years. So, I mean, he's he should be, in my head, a little more, not prepared, but a little less flappable. I also caught on Twitter... Uh... Donald from Donald is Lost. He was I can't remember who he, he was twittering to, but he mentioned about uh, Richard seeing everyone dying in front of his eyes. Now mm-hmm. we haven't seen that conclusion to that uh, story because that was a huge moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was in uh, I can't remember where that was. That was the end of season five, definitely. I think it's just before the the incident. And at what point does that happen? Because he didn't seem surprised to see Sawyer there, did he? When no. he walked out into the jungle, I know he's flapping around going, oh, 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 you, um, yeah, get away from him. But I'd imagine if he'd seen him die, then he would have turned around and gone, okay, you died, why are you here? I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. You know, is it a mistake by the writers? Have they forgotten all about that? Are they hoping that we forget about it? I don't know. Well, I mean, we still have the whole Adam and Eve thing, so it's a good possibility that part of the resolution will be to go back prior to that point Mm-hmm. And install instill the new new set of substitutes. Like let them accept to be let them accept the role early yeah. on and, and prevent this in that way. And there's your black stone and your white stone. Yeah. So I'm getting more out of last week's episode than this week this week's episode now. <laughs> it's strange. I th- it felt like there was so much going on in this episode, but yet not a lot actually happened, did it? No, well, yeah, it didn't didn't move very far forward, but it filled in a lot of holes from behind and and opened up some new ones ahead. For me, it's it just raises some questions. I mean, like you said, there's there's comments that have been made that probably we're not going to get reconciliation for. Hopefully, some will be tied together as as all goes in place. But even Desmond, if Desmond is this very very important person. He had no interaction with the others. No. Certainly none with Richard. I mean, Richard, this man who walked in and did whatever he wanted, we never saw him check on Desmond. I don't know if he was aware of Desmond. <laughs> he, it just it just seems strange. And I, I feel like as they fill in these answers and bring us toward the end here, I hope that they don't... not create loose ends... They kind of create loose ends with the answers they give. Like... Well, that doesn't fit, but oh well, never mind. I guess we've moved on past there, and oh well, that that seems not the same. But never mind, we're past that now. Yeah, because it not only does it not give an answer, but then it makes it unanswerable because of the the dichotomy between what we're given and, and what we were told before. Oh, well, uh, one one little thing I I did notice. I, I know it's probably not going to make any difference to anyone's life at all, but um. 
when Helen was talking to John Locke after he'd picked up his knives from the well, after they got delivered from the airport, her mm-hmm. T-shirt had "Peace and Karma" written on it. I don't know if you noticed that, and I was just wondering if she's like the soothing, calming uh, side of his life. Ah, because didn't she? She died, didn't she? So maybe she's still due to die. He still goes off his rocker and goes balmy somehow. It could be. Yeah, that would be a devastating loss for him. Yeah, maybe he he, he comes to terms with you know his life as it is, because he seemed to, didn't he? He seemed yep. to be growing towards that. And then all of a sudden it's stripped from him when she dies, suddenly. I just There's just not enough time. If we didn't know the show was going to end, I could buy more into that. But I just feel like some of these theories that, that we and other people have, as interesting and as, as believable as they are, I just don't think there's enough time to flesh them out. No. Are they going to spring a season seven on us without us knowing? No. <laughs> I, I see on Lostpedia they have a translation of some Chinese text on Helen's shirt. And one section says, Revelation 2 or 4, the spirit. And the other side says, Awakening soul. Okay. So that, and that probably could just be a prop person being sent out and being told, get something that seems kind of philosophical. Hmm. Are we going to have Jack Shepard and Locke meeting up in that in the Off Island timeline? I think so. I think even though there was this uh, decision on Locke's part not to pursue it, I think they'll still get together. I think they will as well. I guess probably the main part, the big thing that we haven't talked about yet, are the choices that Man in Black says Sawyer has. He's got three things he can do: do nothing and possibly get crossed out. Yep. Take over Jacob's job or just go. And he chooses to just go. Like, work together to get off the island and never look back. Right. How? I how don't think you... Sawyer intends to stay partners with it. I think he just wants to find the door and at that point... Yeah, he just wants he'll to... He'll decide fight. whether he wants to allow Man in Black to leave or live at all. How did you take uh, uh, Flock's comment as... Uh... Yeah, how do we get off this island? Oh, together, working together. Or I took that as, oh, okay, is he going to be taking over Sawyer? Maybe he'll have no more need of that body that he's in, and maybe try and flesh it out in Sawyer's body. I don't know. I I think it's going to be something like the use of Ben that, in some way, he's unable to do something, so he needs Sawyer. Yeah, I only I only draw that conclusion because when they came into the cave, the shot showed the the white and black stone on the the scales. Locke was on the, the left-hand side and Sawyer was on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. And it was a purposeful shot showing that, you know, th- maybe the black stone related to Sawyer, maybe the white stone related to the flock. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, okay, I know that we can read into these lines so many different ways, but that's that's where I'm thinking anyway. Maybe he's... Eyeing up his body and going, yeah, I could do good in that one. I don't know, though. I th- if It sounds like he's stuck, and I think it's more a matter of needing whatever the difference is between him and a real human and the things that Ben could do and that he couldn't. Like, Sawyer, he'll need Sawyer to push, break the line of ash or, or push past somebody. But Yeah. We saw Alana pick up uh, Jacob's ashes as well and put them in a bag. Mm-hmm. 
they're obviously a reference for later on. Do you reckon that is the ash that's around certain temples? It could be, but that's an awful lot of ash that they use. That's, <laughs> that's an awful lot of dead people. It is a lot of dead dead bodies that he's used. I'm sure that's that's going to be some of the connection to it and significance to it, but probably not like purely. It's probably if that's mixed in, it adds something or. Mm. That'll be used to clear, purify the water. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, speaking about it now, I don't think we got as much from the episode as what I actually thought we did, which is a bit of a shame from my point of view. I was really, really upbeat after us seeing this episode, especially since last week was a bit okay. We didn't get much out of that, but oh well. Well, onwards and upwards, I suppose. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it. You feel better informed. It it was a very loud answer, not a lot of quality answers. So, in closing, I suppose, um, I don't know what the title of the next episode is. Uh, I don't know. Well, that's one thing I should say. Going to Lostpedia, you have to be careful because it is there. So, if you don't want to know it, don't go because as you check to make sure you're there, (laughs) it's, oh, and yes, I'm at the substitute. And, oh, followed by, oh, great. But it doesn't necessarily give things away. I mean, if someone said the substitute, I wouldn't have thought they were talking about a substitute teacher. <laughs> no, no. I would have not. thought, I mean, it, it means a lot more than that, but I would have never guessed that this was specifically what the story was about. No. So what are you after in the in the next episode then, you know, without trying to give away too much, are, are you after a bit more temple action? Are you after Jin and uh, Sun coming together or, or a well, bit of all three? I'm ready for some of the secondary uh, storylines to get tied together. I mean, there's no reason for Sun and Jin to still be apart that I can see. So if you're going to let them get together, that can happen any time now. Okay. If one had to die, what one do you reckon it would be? Whose Uh, uh, name do you think that is? I think it would be Jin who died... But I personally like Jin's character more than Sun's. Yeah. So I would not that I wish anybody would die, but I would prefer to see Jin make it to the end. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that as well. You know, and it's an interesting thing. We've we've completely moved away from the idea that when characters find redemption, they die. Yeah. Remember we like are, yeah. seasons three and four and two was Yeah, we all thought Locke um or, or we all thought Sawyer might be killed off as a character when Anthony Cooper died. Mm-hmm. Or then again, when he was with Juliet, we're like, oh, he's so happy now. They're going to, his his character has closure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's not happening now unless everyone gets redemption at the very end. Yeah. And where we were talking pre-season six about Hurley, I, I'm kind of turned off on Hurley so far. I mean, I know this is the off-island kind of overconfident. He's a nice guy, but just he's not the lovable loser like he was. Yeah. But he's also not the lovable loser in the island timeline either. But he's the leader now, isn't he? Yeah, well, but he he is, but he isn't. He hasn't really done anything other than deliver the suitcase. No, that's right. No, I think that's the thing. I and it, it comes across as negativity. I definitely enjoyed the episode. I like the season so far. A lot of things are happening. I wouldn't complain at all if I wasn't doing a podcast and kind of looking for things to talk about, but. This group of characters have changed considerably from what I would have thought they would be. 
and I know they're moving toward an ending, and this all probably fits what's happening, but so many characters we've seen portrayed in different ways. We've seen Ben be strong, we've seen Ben be timid, we've seen, like, Hurley just, yeah, yeah, whatever, and, and then we've seen him be more of a leader. And it's, I find that a little bit frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not happy that everybody seems to be at a weak point now. <laughs> I, yeah. I, mean, I need, I'd prefer to see them be kind of strong. I'm waiting for Ben to kind of turn around and be like, you know what? I screwed up. I think that's going to come with the, uh, the flock re- doing his recruiting. Now he's got Sawyer on his side. You know, we're, we're going to see a bit more bullshit side of uh, Sawyer now. Gonna, well, yeah, I'll give, that's going, the one. Sawyer's the one who seems strong and, Going back to I his think, roots of, of a con man. Yep, yeah, or at least the strengths that came from it. I suspect that he'll be charged to go and do something he doesn't want to do, and that'll be the defining moment when he turns on Man in Black and says, no, I'm, I'm not shooting Saeed, or I'm not. Okay. It, like, I bet it's Jack. He's got every reason in the world to want to kill Jack, and he just won't do it for the Man in Black, and then that's my guess. That's how I'm calling it out. It's my prediction. Ooh, okay. Not not this week, but you know, no, somewhere no. down the road. That'll be where he breaks ties with Man of Black. Okay. I'll hold you to that then. Alright. <laughs> so we'll be back, I guess, in a in a week. Well, is there anything you wanted to to throw in? Any uh, thoughts you had? No, I I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea that I I hated this episode because I absolutely loved it. It's just I I don't know, maybe I'm I'm missing little pieces and Well, it was very entertaining. Yeah, it was a fun, fun, exciting, surprising episode to watch. Yeah, I want more and, scary. Lost. I really yeah. love it when it's scary. Yeah, I wonder. We're, right now we're daytime, so I wonder. There's not too much of that creepy nighttime cabiny feel to it. No, oh, well. I'm going to give the writers plenty of credit for what they've done so far, and and uh, the benefit of the doubt that it's going to all continue to be well, well done. But yeah, this this just like I said about the writers, it had a, the characters had a different feel, and I don't know yeah. if that's the direction they're going as a whole, or if it's this writing team, or what the case may be. Well, we'll, we'll see next week. Hopefully, we got a better perspective of what's actually going on on the island, and hopefully off the island as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, that should be good, and we'll we'll uh, continue poking through. If you guys have any ideas, please do send them to us at Rethinking Lost at gmail.com or you can visit the main site rethinkinglost.podbean.com leave a comment there you know, we, we say it all the time we're, we're not really aware of anything coming up we don't know any spoilers we'd like to stay that way so please keep that in mind Yeah, and that may lead to some silly analysis in the eyes of someone who knows more than we do we're, we're more reacting and thinking ahead and adapting and yeah, I'm just not listening to any other podcasts until we've done this. So we got our own fresh ideas yeah. of what we're thinking. So we, you know, other podcasts don't bleed over onto ours. So mm-hmm. you know, if we come up with the same idea, it's just pure coincidence. So definitely look for us every Saturday. You know, look for us to be there after the UK version is aired and before the next episode comes out. And anytime you want to talk lost. Talk to us on Twitter, send us an email, direct message, whatever. We'll we'll happy to do it and we find ways to to definitely get up with you. Yeah. Excellent. Alright, well thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a week. Yeah, thank you very much guys and see you very soon. Bye.
This podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com.